Good evening. We're sitting at August 31st, 2019. Welcoming you back to another Real to Real episode featuring the Jump Off. I'm your host, Walt, the Damager Burwell, alongside with my main man. Rob the Jetta. What's good, everyone? What's going on, good brother? Oh, it's good. I'm glad to see that we're back on. Oh, yeah, man. Seemed like the powers that be wanted to hold us back, man. They wanted to kick out no more of those jewels. I guess that's <laughs> the last time we talked, man. We touched up on uh, Pump Fake Trump. Uh, but since we've been gone, we got now we got the news of the the, the what you call the um, outbreak of craziness, the, the Popeye craze for the sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Then we, oh, finally, yeah. we finally realized that the Jay-Z sit at the table was just that, a quick seat at the table. And some more news coming up, and you know, in the NFL. So, to get things started off, man, Donald Pump fake. What do, you, what do you think is going on with this brother, man? Well, I, I think, uh, as we, we alluded to in our last episode, um, it's all about the numbers right now, Fred. And um, I think since we've... Uh, last discussed, his, his numbers have gotten even worse, and uh, we're starting to see on the Democratic side, we're starting to see um, some emergence of some key political candidates there. Uh, last, I think the last time we talked, uh, about a week and a half ago, Joe Biden was holding a commanding lead, but since then, uh, we were seeing Bernie Sanders and Liz Warren really uh, burning up the scenes and burning up the polls right now, and right. both of them, uh, I think now, um, hold double-digit leads over uh, Donald Trump. So you're looking right now, uh, I think this is some cause for concern. Uh, I think if Donald Trump knew that, you know, Joe Biden was going to be his uh, his opponent, um, I think he was a lot more comfortable with that. But now the, uh, you know, the, the fear factor of not knowing who he's going to face in the general election, I think it's, it's, it's caused some confusion for him. But also now you're seeing that he's now being challenged in his own party. Uh, so as, as I mentioned to you before, um, the Republican Party um, is, is having some concerns, obviously. Um, exactly. They're running, they, of course, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're saying that they're 100% behind Donald Trump. But now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Joe Walsh puts his head um, in, in, in his hat in the race. Uh, and now he's looking to challenge uh, Donald Trump uh, for the GOP uh, nomination, just right. as uh, Scaramucci predicted um, it would. So, I mean, I think we, we, we got to, you know, talk a little bit about Scaramucci and, and some of the predictions. And we I think we have to give him a little bit more credit than we have. Uh, he's been coming in and he's been dropping some jewels. And so far, he's batting a thousand. So, uh, well, you also got to remember, he, he was a main proponent in, in Trump's camp. So right. he's going. He's going to have a lot of the uh, ammunition and the bombardment of going in at an individual that he spent intimate time with. And if you notice, Donald Trump likes to brush people off once they've exposed him or given uh, a kink in his armor. It's always, oh, they only been with me for a week, and he only been here for eleven days, or so on and so on. Um, I just saw something the other day in the news where he just started bad mouthing them. I'm a Rosa. That's right. I'm like, man, yo, I'm a roaster been out of there for how long? At least eight months, right? That's right. That's right. So so why are you going back and feeding fuel to the fire? She hasn't been around. She did her book. She got what she got out the deal and she's out. 
Scaramucci. He spent his time in there. He gave his uh, observations and gave his critiques of what was going on, what could have been changed, what would have been better. I mean, that's that man's opinion. So why are you going on this, this tirade and trying to tear down his credibility? It doesn't make sense. Exactly. And, and, and then you also saw not only did that tirade happen um, on the domestic side, but you saw him, him once again embarrassing himself on the international scale uh, at the G7 uh, when he went in there. And, and pretty much he, he, I mean, he could not put down his Russian Putin pom-poms uh, to save his life. Uh, he, he's, I mean, if, if I was Putin, I, I would, I would certainly bring uh, Trump on um, in his administration once he loses in 2020. <laughs> my as an God, advice. He will never, he will never find a bigger cheerleader. I've, I've never seen anyone uh, uh, sing uh, Vladimir Putin's praises as much as I've seen uh, Donald uh, J. Trump has done. Um, and, and, and we know it's for good reasons. I mean, and there, there were some things that, that came out, and it's, it's always funny, uh, Walt. When uh, uh, they dropped some real damning information on him, uh, particularly with his dealings with the Deutsche Bank, which um, uh, Sister um, the the California um, um, representative uh, Maxine Waters, Maxine I, I'm Waters, Maxine. Mm-hmm. I'm, yes, Max, uh, I'm Maxine, I, I'm Maxine. Mm-hmm. It, it, she said for over the last, she's been singing this for the last two and a half years about looking at Trump, looking into Trump's dealings with uh, Deutsche Bank. Well, Deutsche finally, Bank. I think there's some. There was some, um, there was validity. some, definitely some, some validity. validity with it, and now they're trying to backtrack and say, "Oh, these are some unsustained sources uh, saying that you know they have information on his taxes, got information that he 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 uh, got co-signers from uh, from Russian oligarchs." So it, it, it's right there, you know. You're seeing uh, this guy is scrambling. This guy is in trouble, um, and 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 I think quite quite frankly. Uh, people don't believe in him. Uh, the American people do not believe in it. And now I think you're starting to see a crack in his face. I don't know. Did you see some of the pictures that were tweeted out? The, uh, Donald Trump Jr. when he went out to Kentucky. Oh um, man, went, I think it was like what 35 people showed up. Yeah, exactly. That, that's in cold. That's in the, right in the heart of coal country, which uh, Donald Trump promised that he would bring the coal industry back. Now we all knew that was, um, you know, re- a ridiculous promise, but. Uh, you know, that was just one of the ridiculous promises. So, you know, again, this guy did not deliver on that uh, and bringing jobs back to coal country. He didn't deliver on the wall. Now he's trying to pull uh, monies from FEMA to build his wall. I mean, this guy's scrambling. This guy's clearly over his head. And um, we can't see that. You, we can't see this presidency end soon enough. But the other thing we also got to keep in mind and we got to be vigilant of is that even if he directs all this funding, where are those contracts going to? So he claims there's no Russian collusion, there's no connects, there's no this, no that. In order to build this this massive wall that's going to take manpower, it's going to take time, and it's going to take the money and effort. We understand that. So where is all that going to be directed to? You haven't heard of any uh, building of engineers that's going to come down here to do it. And it's like everything is secretive. So once we get to the bottom of that, we should be at the core front of where his money and who his his allegiance lies to. That's right. And, and, and you know, you're looking at it too. Even if he is able, I mean, to, to, to pull a hell Mary pass off and get, you know, get the bricks and cement up and, and running with this wall, um, he still did not 
throw a campaign promise because if you remember, he said that Mexico would pay for this wall. And uh, Mexico told him flat out, straight up, told the American people before before these fools voted for him, they said that this wasn't going to happen. And they were absolutely correct. It didn't happen. And now the American taxpayers are now being levied billions of dollars uh, to right. build a wall. And now you're seeing American, you know, the, the American taxpayers who put their money into uh, FEMA for in cases of emergencies, as we see right now, we're in hurricane season, and our thoughts and prayers are with the folks that are in the in the eye of that in the, the hurricanes in the in the Florida's, Carolinas, and the Bahama area. Uh, but but again, this guy um, is so hell bent on uh, doing the wrong thing for America and building a wall. Uh, he, he's he's willing to sacrifice millions of dollars uh, to help save people's properties and quite frankly help people save people's lives in the mm-hmm. eyes of a hurricane storm. So this right. is, this is again, this is a, a guy who's just irresponsible and, and clearly every day shows that he's unfit uh, for the service of his office. Indeed. And like I said, it's going to take everybody on a collective level to understand that so we can uh, build up and build over this guy. Because, I mean, the, the racism, the rhetoric, uh, the belittling of individuals, the, the the hate speech towards women and everything else. I mean, we're we're past that now. Now we have to figure out ways just to get him out of here and off of here. Uh, because, like I said, it's reprehensible. I mean, you're coming at Omar, Talib, and the rest of them that's trying to make America better. And the only detractment that he can use is them being nasty, coming up with these other words, just a vulgar explanation of trying to target somebody so once we can get past that we should be on a a, a new smooth level yeah you so know? one one of the things i think one of the things that we would we will watch that moving forward continue to watch uh, a couple things continue to watch the poll numbers um you know i know people saw you know uh, you know a lot of folks who, who don't like analytics they get freaked out by numbers and they say the polls don't work all the polls did not work in 2016 the polls did work in 2016 uh, um, you know, but one of the things you could not factor in, you could not factor in interference from a foreign uh, enemy. Agents, um, exactly. You know what I mean? So, but and even even still, you know, um, uh, the polls predicted that Hillary Clinton will have the, the majority of the, the folks will vote for her. Um, and, um, you know, the polls, um, you know, showed that she won by three, over three million votes. Uh, but this time, I don't think that he's going to have to, you know, the, the, the luxury of having of foreign interference because there's other foreign countries on the other end, China and in, in Iran that are standing put that saying, okay, well, if Russia gets involved in these elections, we're gonna get involved in this election. So this is an all out war that's going on, right? For for the uh you know, for the United States dollar. And we, we're gonna see who's gonna win that war in just a few days. But on the, on speaking of speaking of war, man, I mean we we on we're in a battlefield right now for social justice. And I think that um you know, Colin Kaepernick, particularly with the NFL, um, you know, three years ago, almost to the day, you know, made a made a stance uh, against uh, social, social injustice, justice, mm-hmm. police brutality, and and uh, racism. You know, he, he just racism and all, all all the above, and he decided to kind of take a silent uh, protest uh, and, and show the world um, the wickedness that's going on uh, with white supremacy, and um, you know, Jay Z, I think. Uh, at, at, at the beginning of the point when it was when it was uh, invoked to be on the team of uh, Kaepernick, he was there. He was even wearing, seen wearing Kaepernick's jersey 
uh, while he's performing. Uh, right. But now, you know, since Capitan's been out of the league for three years, he chose to go on the other side. You know, he chose to switch. Um, you know, shortly after, it, it's interesting that he chose to switch, you know, within three to four weeks after he was, it was announced that he was a, a rap billionaire. So right. now he, you know, so he no longer sympathizes. And this is my my opinion and this is my belief uh, with this guy. Um, and we, we, we delved a little bit into it uh, last time. Uh, this guy's never, uh, in my opinion, been down with the cause. He's always been working for the billionaires. And let, let me say that again. Jay-Z has always worked on the side of the billionaire. And so you say, well, Rob, what are you talking about? You know, he grew up. Even when he was out there in the streets, when he said he was selling drugs, he was working for the billionaire. And, exactly. And I, I think he was always working against our people. He's never done anything for our people. And the only time he's done things for our people was when it served him right. So when he gets something back, he gets collateral that comes back. Exactly. So you look at this deal. So you say, well, he helped me get out of jail. Yeah, as soon as me gave it, was one, uh, uh, didn't even get his uh, his stuff from uh, the things didn't dry in the paperwork. <laughs> and he, he's sitting there signing, you know, signing a, a deal with uh, to come under under Jay Z. So I mean, this guy, this guy is a is a, is a uh, you know, he, this guy is a classic example of a, of a pyramid scheme. And as you can see right now, he he's being picked by the NFL instead of it being the other way around. But I know you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the, the thing that I wanted to bring to light is I'm glad you brought that up as far as the Jay-Z signing Meek um, onto, I, I guess, apparently Rock Nation, Live Nation, whatever the uh, conglomerate state of affairs is for Jay-Z is one that kind of baffles me because... From my understanding, I know that Meek Mills was with Maybach Music, Rick Ross's um, brand. And it's kind of hard to see that an entity would want to lose one of its main players that's bringing in a good revenue for him. Meek Mills was pushing numbers. Meek Mills wasn't some run-in-the-mill individual that just sold a thousand copies or a couple thousand copies and was like known, but didn't have that polarization to get to the masses. Like he was one that brought a lot of energy and a lot of fans and everything to the table for Maybach. So it's kind of hard for me to believe that Rick Ross would have just brushed off the opportunity to give away one of his artists. Um, and also it, it just, it doesn't make sense where you've been in the game for years. Jay-Z is probably like 20 years his senior. Jay-Z grew up in the rap game. Jay-Z probably had a lot of friends or whomever else that was introduced into the prison system that was unjustly probably prosecuted and everything that's going on now that they're fighting for, he probably was a front seat witness to all of it that happened. And not once, not once did he say anything about social reform. He did American Gangster. No, he bragged about it, talked about this, I sold weight, I did, not once during that period. Frank Lucas, uh, the movie uh, American Gangster, for those that don't know, um, uh, Frank Lucas was one of Brooklyn, uh, not Brooklyn's, but one of New York's major uh, drug dis- uh, dispensers back in, I, I think the 80s and 90s, I don't, I don't know, but I know that he had a lot to do with uh, those dealings in New York City. And they redid a movie about it. Jay-Z did the soundtrack, but never recall Jay-Z speaking to 
injustices and things that was done wrong. So now that's just a reflection of, you know, where his mind truly is. Like, they gave him a persona. I'll go back and I'll quote Jay-Z, like Michael Eric Dyson likes to do, you know, quote these famous rappers' lyrics. Uh, I do, I sell, I do the, the stuff in the lyrics so you don't have to do it. You know, so he, he they gave him the torchlight to express what's going on in the black community without actually have to live it. Um, and I think we had a conversation before, Rob. I really don't think that he ran the streets like that. I think that he is um, where he is because of Memphis Bleak. I mean, that's that's just how I feel. You know, I mean, he's got that's the right. way he's got because, you know, the records company and everybody else was pumping him. But I think between Memphis Bleak and Dame Dash, they got Jay to where he is now. That's right. And, you know, uh, Kaepernick, uh, who actually is coming out with, his, you know, of course, Jay-Z is coming out with a T-shirt, I guess, in the NFL, coming out with a T-shirt. They're looking to exploit this all the way through. And uh, actually, Kaepernick had a really nice uh, tweet uh, that responded to that madness. And, and, and also, Kaepernick is also offering his I'm with Cat um, personalized jersey. Uh, that he's selling it. That's going to go. That's going to go to his uh, his charities to help educate people about their rights. That know your rights uh, camp that he he did. But Captain had a really interesting uh, tweet, um, and he was really quoting uh, Robert L. Allen, uh, who um, wrote um, a little passage in the Black Awakening in Capitalist America in 1969, and he said, "What they seek is not an end to oppression, but the transfer." of the oppressive apparatus into their own hands. That's powerful. And that's exactly what they're you that that's exactly what the NFL is is doing with Jay-Z. They're looking down the transfer and you use our oppression again to make money again off of us, off the back of of, uh, of the oppressed. So this mm-hmm. again, man, is is um, we felt we felt hook line and sinker as Malcolm said, you've been had, you've been took. You've been bamboozled, um, right. but but thank God uh, for uh, social media. Thank God for uh, podcasts uh, like like this, and thank God for people just you know out there doing their own research and and, and figuring things out um, on the whether you do it on the internet searches or go to the library. You know, reading is fundamental, and I think um, you know. The, the oppressed people are now more are waking up, and I, I don't think they can pull this small time nonsense over us in in, in twenty nineteen and going into twenty twenty. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, like I said, it's a lot of things that's changing. Um, well, we just have to be, like you said, be more vigilant and and rely on these open platforms that we got, like through these podcasts and and cast that's woke and and, and more gravitated towards giving you the real because you know the mainstream outlets they already have their script so you're not going to get what you need as far as you know the truth and upfront journalism as you will call it uh, and speaking of journalism that takes us in the segue into the next thing the Popeye chicken sandwich craze how do you get guerrilla marketing to work what's best for you by advertising it through false media Oh, uh, Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's. Who's better? Wonderful. And I even got caught up into it, in, into it all myself. But it, 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 it was fun. But um, all jokes, uh, you know, aside, um, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm taking this from, you know, as a, from a marketing uh, person. 
Uh, first of all, kudos to Popeyes. Um, um, they put together a uh, hell of a social media marketing campaign, and they knew exactly who to target, and they got the response that they need. Now, I'm not saying that it's everything's right, whatever, but marketing, they, you know, the fundamentals of, of any type of marketing campaign is to be able to move people to action. That's it. And they were able, whatever they did, they were able to they were able to successfully move folks to uh, to action so much so that they they only had the chicken sandwich this week on the menu they had to take it off and again sometimes um overexposure can be bad exposure as well right. so I mean I think they 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 definitely hit the mark but at a point where now that exposure can turn into negative exposure as well. So yes, it, it brought a lot of business. I, I think their stock raised up. Um, um, a police want to tell me I don't have the facts on that. We need to check on that and, and get back to uh, folks on, on that to see what our stock numbers were before the chicken sandwich and afterwards. Uh, but it'd be interesting. But I did hear um, uh, some chatter on the internet that the stock went up. Uh, you know, but on the flip side, then there's a negative campaign. Now that you know, people started digging into the ingredients, and I think we talked a little bit about the unhealthy food. People started digging into that that piece. Right. Uh, people started, you know, showing fights at, at some of the uh, some of the stores uh, right. that, that were when, when they ran out of chicken sandwiches. You see customers fighting customers, customers fighting the, the employees. You you saw photos of overworked employees, so that brought you know brought attention to uh, perhaps their uh, hiring practices or their their um, um, you know the the uh, work environment uh, at, at Popeyes. So you, you know, sometimes you know you you get that marketing, you know, you get that, that 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 quick burst of revenue, but then when you start, you know, when you see that, then you you see the, for every cause there's I, I guess for every cause there's a uh, effect, for every action there's a reaction, right. and uh, now you're starting to see the flip side, you're starting to see the negative reaction, and no company wants that. People just want you know, to be honest with you, you know, a successful business wants consistent consistency they want that consistent cash flow they don't want that one bump and then have to you know in the long run you end up losing money uh, because uh folks you know because of the negative um uh, that happened out of you i think and i'll share one one um example if you guys remember aol you remember when aol uh, first came on board that's the original social media exactly. when that um, america online first came online and um you know they did a huge advertising campaign they blew up so much that everyone comes on AOL. They were, giving, they were sending everybody's free CDs. Everybody was logging on and getting and getting cheap internet at that time. And then mm -hmm. what happened was you couldn't log on. Every time at that time everything was done through the phone. Every time you tried to log on to AOL, you was getting a busy signal. Too much traffic. So, exactly. And then they ended up going out of business. Uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, a few years uh, later because they never recovered from, you know, their initial uh, boost. So. I, I, I'm, I'm certainly not one that would prove for anyone to go out of business, but, um, you know, marketing, it, it, you know, it's, it can, sometimes can be a double-edged sword. And I think we, we may have seen that with, with Popeye. So right. it'll be interesting. And I, and I also think the other downside to it is that the psychological uh, factor that plays into it, which we can see as um, social engineering or uh, social controlling. Um, we already seen, I mean, in the black community, you know, they use black community for everything from the Tuskegee Project, Philadelphia Experiment and other things like that. Here you have a situation where you won't see this in other communities. 
you have individuals acting above and beyond themselves and reproach. Uh, you have people actually on social media, just as you spoken earlier, about acting in ways that's uncivil for a chicken sandwich. Where we have other things in the community that we should be fighting for and striving to keep our attention to so we can make change. Um, as far as the schooling system, like you said, as far as the justice system, uh, social reform, uh, the better quality of life and things like that. Everybody deserves them given to them. But when you turn on the news and you see flash mobs and total chaos, and I call it buffoonery because who goes and fights over something that that's no longer able to be given to you because of uh, the quantity ran out or the product you're looking for is no longer there. That same energy should be directed towards other things. So, I mean, I'll take a different stance on it. Like the chicken sandwich, I'm like, okay, it was a phenomenon that came. But these people that sit in these boardrooms, they do their homework. They know what they're looking for when they go out there. They expected this to happen. So for the immediate shutdown and all oh, is discontinued for the moment, all this was, like you said, it plays into the algorithms, it plays into the numbers. It's, it's a social engineering project because they know what's going to happen. That's right. You know? So then that number drives up. I mean, like I said, when I say guerrilla uh, marketing, like, they really didn't put this thing out there, like, oh, the crispy chicken sandwich, the pop dish from Popeye's, this, that, the third. Remember, individuals started that on social media. Like, what's better, the chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A or Popeye's? Then you got all these memes. And then you got this, oh, you guys got to go out and do this. Like, they gave it to the public, and the public ran with it. That's right. I don't I don't even remember seeing a Popeye's commercial no, on they TV. Didn't have to. Say, no, they Yeah. So they took it to the street. The street ran with it. Twenty-three so million you... dollars. Yes. At the tune of twenty-three million dollars of free social media advertising. And that lets you know that the African American steers the economy. It steers the voting. It steers the social norms of America. I always said this. I said, you know, especially when you hear folks go back to where the country where you came from. This that. Well, we, if you ask African-Americans to go back to where they came from, this wouldn't be no country. And I, I truly believe that they, you look at everything, pop culture, politics, you mentioned politics, sports, you know, America feeds off a uh, uh, fast food industry. America right. feeds off the energy of African-Americans. And, and I can't agree with you more. You know, this is August 31st. And, and I, I wanted to um, um, be remiss to mention breaking news. Uh, five people were killed in a mass shooting in Odessa, uh, Texas. Uh, so I think 21 people were, were shot. Five people were killed. And uh, another piece of the breaking news, we, we uh, just got word that um, President Donald Trump uh, interrupted his golf game. And remember, he was supposed to be in Poland. He was supposed to be monitoring the hurricanes. But he was out there playing golf instead to issue a pathetic, meaningless statement in the aftermath of today's mass shooting in Odessa, Texas. So so we're going to just end up seeing more and more and more of these mass shootings to, to follow. We're going to, we're, we're going to uh, gather the facts and we're going to deal with this and 
um, the out of hand um, gun ep- epidemic that we're seeing right now in America, and also um, who this is uh, targeted towards. So we're going to talk about this on our next podcast. But exactly. yes, breaking news. Exactly. Um, the NRA definitely need to be held accountable for the allowance of killing material to the streets. I mean, these are weapons of war. I mean, I've never seen anybody go hunting with AR-15 or AK-47 to hunt for deer, raccoon, rabbit, whatever else like this. They're just in it for the means of, of gaining money. And like I said, weapons of war. Uh, but real quick, the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, shaping the morals of sp- spiritual, cultural, and political views um, is a good book that I think everybody should go out and get. Um, and it'll let you know how American norms and, and social... Uh, criteria is is gauged in a community or society um very good it's a very good read so uh i do um ask that if you if you enjoy reading and you want to know more about what's going on and how they factor everything into society that's a good book to get um and yeah just to, to finish up i mean speaking about society let's get into this nfl i know you guys um have been very stuck to the TV about the shaping of how the NFL is turning out. Um, many Eagles fans, since we're here in Philadelphia, uh, seeing we just got a 40-year-old backup quarterback for a multi-billion dollar re-signing of a quarterback that I personally don't think is going to make it through the uh, season. Um, so... Yeah, uh, you, you... Go ahead. No, you're looking at it. We're looking at a dying sport. The NFL and American football in, in general, I think, is, is dying. Um, it, it, you, you saw with, uh, you know, we, we've seen Carson Wentz. He hasn't played a full season yet since he's been drafted. He's the number two pick in the draft. Um, the, the, the kid uh, clearly showed that he has some talent uh, his second year. Um, but uh, he, was, he was pretty athletic when he came into the um we didn't get a chance to see him in, in the preseason. Uh, we, we, you know, uh, the, the the team seemed to put together some um, some nice weapons around him. Um, so so we'll we'll see. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm not quite confident uh, that this guy can stay healthy. Uh, but we're seeing right now uh, football just is dying. And you we saw uh, since our last podcast, Andrew Luck, a six year um, player. Who, who was uh, who, who was highly talented coming out of Stanford uh, six years ago, um, retiring, hanging it up, saying, "Hey, he's done." Um, but this guy's, uh, you know, he he majored, I believe, in in engineering and architecture. Uh, the dad was a former NFL player, so I mean, I think he came in the league as a millionaire. So he right. definitely he definitely wasn't playing for the money, and um, he said he's not enjoying himself. So this guy, I mean, he, he's he's looking, you know, to move on with his life, and I think he's going he's going to have a good career outside of uh, outside of football. But we're we're seeing more and more <clears throat> of, of this of, of um, players um, um, leaving the game early. We're starting to see uh, uh, parents not allowing their kids to um, to play. Uh, uh, football. I know I wouldn't let me, you know, I, I let my kids play, uh, you know, years ago, uh, but uh, before all the education came out about CTE and things like that. Um, but if I had kids uh, seven, eight, nine years old, there's no way I would I would allow them uh, to play football right now. So we're looking at a, 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 a NFL will probably be out of business and um, probably within the next 30 years. 
That's my prediction. Oh, indeed. Like I said, the, the product is done. Um, it's almost um, symbolic of the WWE right now. It's just entertainment. The, the, the calls are pre-made. The games are already pre-judged. The only thing is they go out there and throw the ball around and make it look good. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And if if they didn't have any drama or storyline, no one would be watching it. Let's be real. Exactly. Um, You know, no one watches it for the sport. I mean, you know, uh, I mentioned that before, I think, on the last podcast. You know, I think they have an image problem. Um, they have two middle-aged white guys as the face of their league, and Drew Brees and, and um, what's the other guy's name for the Patriots? Um, Tom, oh, Brady. Tom Brady. You know, so they, they you know, they, they um, you know, those, the, as long as you know they want to make those guys the face of the league, and, and they have a fear of putting black quarterbacks um, in place to make the who are much more exciting, much more talented. Uh, but it seems like they do everything they can to uh, not allow them to succeed. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, this year. I'll, I'll, I may watch it with one eye open. But it's something, something <laughs> I'm like, you know. I mean, the best way to watch is both eyes closed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I oh, mean, you man. know, you and I, we're both Philadelphians, so we're Eagles fans by default. But, exactly. uh, you know, whatever. Like you said, you got you to gotta take it with a grain of salt. It's, it's, it's uh, WWE. And uh, if, if anyone is watching the NFL, and if you don't have a uh, fantasy football interest or a sports betting interest, uh, you're crazy as hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, on a quick footnote, Frank Lucas, uh, I think I gave the wrong uh, time frame for Frank. I think his um, tenure in the league well, not the league, but in um, the, the drug game, it was from the, the 60s and 70s. Um, I think I may have misquoted 80s and 90s, but uh, that's neither here nor there. The, the, the purpose was me to just touch on the fact that um, around that era, that's what he was not- not- most notable for, um, the portrayal as Jay-Z tried to put out. But hey, man, it's been a great podcast. We're going to catch up with these guys on the, on the next flip side. We got more entertaining and more powerful information coming. Make sure you stay tuned to The Real The Real with Walter Damage of Burwell and my man, Rob the Jetta. And we'll, catch, and we'll catch y'all soon, all right? All right. Peace. Keep making the people listen what I spent. Put them out on the limb. 